Dogs are awesome. They're called a human's best friend for a reason. However, every dog is different in terms of temperament. I admit it's so hard not to stop every dog you see and pet them. But not all dogs are friendly towards strangers or even towards other dogs. So if you happen to come across a reactive dog and unknowingly try to give it a big hug, you cause nothing but stress and fear. But don't worry. That's why dog owners came up with the color-coded bandana system to let you know whether you should keep your distance or you can go and say hello. And as a bonus, those bandanas make their dogs look even cuter. So get ready for the Doggo Fashion Show. Our seven dog models will walk the runway as I explain to you what each color means. Let's start with white, shall we? Our first doggo model, Housing, on the runway, is white. He's a big and cuddly 11-year-old golden retriever. But what does the white bandana around his neck mean? This might break your heart a bit, but that means he either has a hearing or sight problem, or he's totally deaf or blind. But again, that doesn't mean his owner loves him any less. Look how happy he is. And you'll be relieved to know that his condition has nothing to do with how long he'll live. He's got many years ahead to jump around and smell all the corners of the street. It only means you should approach him, keeping in mind that he might be startled by you. Okay, now that you know what white bandanas mean, how about we take a look at the colors of the rainbow in a row? The first is red. Red can mean many things for us two-legged folks, love, anger, or passion. But in the doggo world, it means danger. Take a look at Candy here. She's a four-year-old Rottweiler. You see her red bandana? That means she won't be so sweet to you if you approach and try to pet her. Even if you see her acting loving and cuddly towards her owners, don't be fooled. Her owner makes her wear the red bandana for a reason. They're warning you about her temperament issues. So, if you see other dogs wearing red bandanas like Candy here, beware and don't get too close. Avoid any interactions and give them space, for they're not to be messed with. The next color is orange. Look at Buddy, the six-year-old chocolate Labrador Retriever, owning the doggo runway with his orange bandana. That means he's friendly towards all humans, adults, children, you name it. However, he doesn't like to be around other dogs. A canine might not enjoy being around its peers for several reasons. First of all, it may have had a traumatic event in the past, like getting attacked by another dog. Secondly, it might be scared of other dogs due to size differences. Thirdly, it might see them as a threat to its status. Or it might simply be too protective of its owner and see other dogs as a threat to both its and its owner's safety. No matter the reason, you'll know when a dog is feeling scared or threatened by these behavioral signs. It might growl, expose its teeth, bark excessively, point its ears up, or even try to bite. If you're a dog owner who is facing these issues, but the reactions of your dog are not that intense, you can try to get your furry friend familiar with other dogs constantly so it gets desensitized. But if it acts uncontrollably, you can seek help from a professional dog behaviorist. 
Next up, we have the color of sunshine. Look at Daisy, the two-year-old King Charles Cavalier, walking the doggo runway, sporting a yellow bandana. Yellow might seem like such a happy color to you, but that's not really the case in terms of the bandana color system. If a dog is wearing a yellow bandana, that tells you to approach it slowly and with care, because that means the dog is undergoing therapy or has some disabilities. On the other hand, it can also mean that the dog is anxious and nervous. It can be hard to predict how it will react, and it can get edgy easily. So you need to be gentle towards the dog, or be quiet and calm around it. That way, you can show both the owner and the dog that you are a considerate dog lover, and you have respect towards whatever issues the dog might be undergoing. Keep in mind, it always helps to ask the owner first if it's okay to go near the dog and pet it. Our next dog model is a two-year-old standard poodle. Do you see his green bandana? It makes him look like a happy little leprechaun, right? So you probably guessed it right. If a dog is wearing a green bandana, that means it is friendly and sociable indeed. It loves to be petted, and it sure loves playing games. It'll do all sorts of funny things to entertain you, for that makes it truly happy. The green bandana means it is also attentive and curious. That's one goofy fella. You can enjoy activities like playing frisbee and rolling on the grass together with that cutie pie. By the way, the same goes for their behavior towards other animals. They act friendly and playful when they're around other dogs too. Still, you should always ask the owner if you can approach the dog, no matter how friendly it is. That's the golden rule of being a respectful dog lover. You know the saying, "Why so blue?" Well, don't worry. If you see a blue bandana around a dog's neck, that doesn't mean it's going through some sad phase or anything. Just look at how happy Milo, the three-year-old husky, looks. His eyes certainly match his blue bandana. So, if a dog is wearing a blue bandana, that just means it is a working dog or one in training. Unlike companion dogs, working dogs are trained professionally to assist people in special tasks. There are many types of working dogs, and these include assistance dogs that are trained to help disabled people with certain daily tasks, search and rescue dogs, herding dogs, and detection or sniffer dogs. By the way, it is believed that dogs should perform tasks and always have something to do, whether they're companions or working dogs. This way, they will live much longer and happier because those tasks will keep them physically and mentally active. This will also help eliminate unwanted behaviors such as excessive barking. Last but not least, we have Purple. Our last dog model is Louis, the six-year-old pug. Unfortunately, she's a bit of an allergic furball. That's why she's wearing that purple bandana to let you know that you shouldn't give her any food without asking her owner first. And actually, that goes for any dog, even if they don't have a purple bandana around their neck. You see, some foods that are safe for humans can be quite harmful to dogs. The list of the top 10 most dangerous foods for dogs is as follows: avocados, grapes, and raisins, garlic and onions, caffeinated drinks. Macadamia nuts, cooked bones, salt, milk, and other dairy products, artificial sweeteners, and candies and chocolate. On the other hand, 
foods like carrots, apples, cucumbers, blueberries, and green beans are some of the safer options. However, one important thing to be noted here is that while some food may be safe to eat for some dogs, others might still be allergic to them. For example, chicken is usually considered to be a safe food, but it can trigger some skin problems in certain dogs. That's where the purple bandana comes in handy. So, if you see a dog wearing one, just don't feed it anything without consulting its owner. Keep in mind, regardless of what color the dog's bandana is, never assume a dog's reaction, and always make sure to ask the dog's human if it's okay to interact with it. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side. Has someone ever been weirdly interested in your dog and asked if they could take a picture of them? Did you notice that they seemed more interested in getting a clear picture of your dog's color than the dog itself? This person was probably trying to access private information about you. This could lead to a stranger finding out your phone number or where you live. It's easy at places such as dog parks to become too relaxed and end up letting your guard down when it comes to strangers. So be mindful of the information your dog's collar reveals. Now let's look at some other potentially life-saving tips. Let's stick with dogs for starters. If you ever come across one wearing a vest saying service dog, you should take a moment to examine if its owner is nearby. If you find that the dog is by itself, you should stay with it. If it leaves the area, you should follow it. The dog may just lead you back to someone in desperate need of help. This is why it came and found you in the first place. These dogs are trained to support disabled people and people with medical conditions in a variety of ways. These lovable animals change and often save the lives of their owners and their families. If you ever wake up in the middle of the night and think you smell gas, there's one thing you shouldn't do. Don't turn on the lights. A spark from the light switch could cause a fire. Don't use your phone indoors. It can also cause a spark easily. And if you live in an apartment, don't use the door-controlled entry system. If you're ever at home and suddenly smell fish, you need to quickly check if someone else in the house is preparing a lovely meal for you. If nobody's in the kitchen, then you should quickly get out of the house. In 9 out of 10 cases, a fishy smell in your home means the electrical components are overheating. If you do come across this smell, ensure there's no fire and then call an electrician immediately. Manufacturers use heat-resistant chemicals for the production of most wires and circuit breakers. If these same wires or outlets overheat, the chemicals they're made of release a weird odor that smells strangely like fish. If you happen to see a tornado and it looks like it's not moving, I've got some bad news for you. This more than likely means it's heading right for you. Although tornadoes usually move from southwest to northeast, they also move towards the east, the southeast, the north, and even the northwest. The most extreme tornadoes can reach speeds of up to 300 miles per hour. So if you see one, it's the right time for a quick exit, whether the tornado is moving or not. Have you ever thought about what you'd do if you found yourself beneath an avalanche? Besides panic, of course, I've got a recommendation. You should spit. I can explain. Your saliva will drop in the same direction as gravity goes, and you can simply dig the opposite way. 
It won't be easy, but it can save your life. So, if you don't immediately try to dig out of the snow, whatever you do, don't begin to eat large amounts of snow while still beneath. It doesn't matter how thirsty you are. Too much cold ice in your stomach won't do you any good. Just focus on escaping. A large avalanche can have a volume of about 40 Olympic swimming pools and be over one mile long. The worst of them have the potential to cause some pretty catastrophic destruction, affecting thousands of lives. If you ever happen to walk upon a beehive and disturb it, making its residents chase you, here's what not to do. Don't jump into the water thinking you've just outsmarted them. They'll simply wait for you to resurface by the water. So what should you do? Well, just run away as fast as your feet will carry you. Eventually, the bees and wasps will give up and end the chase. A beehive typically has anywhere between 20,000 and 80,000 bees inside. Being chased by one bee when you're out and about, trying to enjoy ice cream, is bad enough. 20,000 sounds like an unimaginable nightmare. If you come across a beautiful, vivid, and colorful animal in the wild, there's a strong chance it's poisonous. So, in the bizarre event you're feeling extremely peckish, don't eat it! This is a lesson that countless hungry animals in the wild would have wished somebody had told them before they ate that majestically colorful frog. The color serves as both camouflage and a direct warning to other animals that the wearer of the skin is poisonous. This process is called aposematism. Funnily enough, the panther chameleon is widely considered to be the most colorful reptile in the world, but it's not poisonous. As long as you're not being chased by bees or wasps, it's now okay to jump into the water. But once you're in there, watch out for what looks like square waves. If you see those, you need to get back out of the water straight away. Sorry. These square waves are often dangerously strong currents that could drag you under the water. If you look at these waves from above, it might seem like there's a grid underwater that's forming square-shaped ripples. Square waves don't happen because of some process below the water. They are a result of the intersection of two seas, also known as cross-sea or grid waves. Okay, but what if the water conditions are great, but you find yourself being dragged in there by an alligator? A quick cheat code. Go for their nose and eyes. It will make them release you immediately. Okay, maybe let's just give up on trying to go for a swim today. Let's head for a hike instead. When going for walks across mountains and hills, you can also run into some wildlife. One of them you don't want to have a meet and greet with is a mountain lion. If you do, here's a tip that could really help you out. Never turn your back on it. Carefully walk backwards. Cats are ambush predators, so once you turn around, they see it as the best time to attack you. Do you think you can actually run away from this vicious, oversized kitten? Mountain lions can reach running speeds of up to 50 miles per hour. Good luck trying to escape from that on foot. The same tip will also apply to cougars, red lions, catamounts, and American lions. Why? Because these are all different names for mountain lions. In fact, they have more different names than any other animal in the world. Not a cat person? We've already talked about dogs. So, how about wolves? Well, these guys will only go after you if you start running away from them. It will take some serious guts to stand your ground against a wolf pack, but eventually, they'll leave you alone. This does sound quite scary, but like with the mountain lion, do you really fancy trying to run away from a hungry pack of wolves? 
These packs can contain up to 36 members. They're also able to reach speeds of up to 38 miles per hour. They have great endurance and can travel comfortably over long distances at 5 miles per hour. If you encounter animals like wolves and mountain lions, there's a strong chance you're deep in the wilderness. Your first thought might not be to grab your phone and call for help if you face a dangerous animal. This may be for a number of reasons. You're too frightened to move, or you believe that you don't have any phone reception, so it's pointless trying. I have good news! You can always dial 911 or the emergency phone number for the country you're in, even if you have no bars. In an emergency, your phone will connect to any nearby cell tower as long as it has a battery in it. The signal travels in exactly the same way a regular call goes with your usual network signal and towers. This time, however, it just goes through a network that's not your own. Since it's not your network, you cannot make any other calls. But okay, your best friend probably won't be able to help that much should you ever come face to face with a hungry wolf. I hope you never have to use any of these life-saving tips, but it's always good to know them, right? Now here you are, in complete darkness. You keep your eyes wide open but can't see a thing. You can still hear, smell, and feel things. You just can't see, but you feel almost powerless. Take away your vision and it's like you're almost completely locked out of life. Humans mainly perceive the world through the eyes. Dogs see it all differently. They have dichromatic vision, which means they only see yellow, violet, purple, and shades of gray. So check this out. This is the color spectrum most people see. And this is what dogs see. So they're colorblind in a way. But they have way better night vision, and they see motion better too. Still, the visual part isn't that important for them as it is for us there's another channel they perceive most information through. If they lose it, they'll most likely feel just like you would if you had to live in the darkness forever. That secret information channel they use is the sense of smell. We learn things about the world mostly by observing. Dogs mostly perceive it by smelling. Each smell is different for them, and it tells a story. The reason why we perceive the world so differently lies in how our brains work. A human brain has a larger visual cortex that is responsible for processing visual information, and a dog's brain has a larger olfactory cortex, which is responsible for processing the sense of smell. A dog's olfactory cortex is 40 times larger than a human's. You can guess how a person's feeling by looking at them. Dogs can do the same thing by smelling. Above the roof of a dog's mouth, there's a special olfactory system, the vomeronasal organ. It lets dogs learn things they can't see. That's why they smell people and other animals. This way, they can get their first impression of someone and tell if they're sad or happy, dangerous or friendly. And they're way better at feeling such things than we are. So, we maybe see more colors, but dogs have way more scent receptors. Let's do some math. A human has about 5 million of those, and a dog can have up to around 300 million scent receptors. A dog's sense of smell is around 10,000 times more acute than ours. The dog breed with the best sense of smell is a bloodhound, followed by blue-tick coonhound, Labrador retriever, and herding breeds like the German Shepherd. Our noses are also fundamentally anatomically different. Humans only have one air passage, and we both smell and breathe through it. So we can't keep the smell for long. We inhale, get the smell, but once we exhale, it just goes away. Dogs have it differently. They have two air passages separated by a fold of tissue. One passage is for smelling, and the other one is for breathing. 
Have you noticed those little slits on the sides of a dog's nose? That's the part they breathe through. They can keep that one smell they caught and focus on it. The air that gets out as they exhale also helps new odors into the dog's nose. Dogs can determine which exact one of their nostrils smelled something, so they're able to locate the direction from which a particular smell is coming. Dogs can follow scents floating in the air and those that stay on the ground. Sweat, perfume, and even just floating cells and gland secretions are all examples of air scents. The bacteria attached to any scent helps to individualize it. A ground scent is the one combined of ground, mud, bugs, soil, and anything else on the ground that's disturbed by human steps. When you walk, you disturb and mix up the smells, and you leave a scent trail behind while you're walking. A dog can detect this difference and follow the trail. As you pass by, the air and ground scents and your own scent and that of the surroundings mix up. The smell you leave behind after every new step gets stronger. So a dog moves where the scent seems to become stronger. Dogs usually have wet and cold noses, and it's super useful for them. There's a coating of mucus that helps the dog smell more effectively by capturing scent particles. Another reason why dogs' noses are wet is that they often lick them. Can you guess by now why they do it? Yep, it's because their nose is a vital organ which they need to function properly. So dogs take good care of it, keeping it clean and moist. When your dog sees you, they lick the nose to take up some smell and assess the situation, where you've been and what you were doing. By licking its nose, the dog can also send you a signal that it feels good and wants to spend some time with you. They also do it to show that they've been calm and happy. But if your dog licks its nose unusually often, it might indicate that it's nervous about something. There's one weird thing about dogs we can never understand. Occasionally, they might happily roll in something so smelly you have trouble breathing. Like dirty socks. I know, yeah. Or something even worse. Why do they like it so much? Well, to them, the smell is like a beautiful new landscape for an artist. They're fond of smells, and strong or interesting ones are their favorites. So they're curious and attracted to them. They smell everything. By sniffing something, they can tell who's just been there, and they probably can even say something about that person or animal. So other dogs can trace your pup, and it probably doesn't want to get traced. It might still be their instinct from back when they were wild animals and went after prey. Rolling in a smelly thing helps a dog mask its own odor. Every smell has a history. A dog might want to roll in something to get that smell on its body and then show others what it's found. When it communicates with another dog, they sniff each other, and each can tell where they've been and what they've been up to. So it's kind of like social media for them. It's like when you're walking your dog, there's a lot of sniffing going on. One dog posts something, and the other dogs come by and comment on it. But there's another reason as well. A stinky smell to them is like perfume for us. A dog puts on its idea of a perfume to attract mates or just to impress you, their favorite owner. They just don't get it that you don't like it. Now, dogs lick. They can lick your hands and even your face. Some people love it and say the dog gives them kisses. Others, not so much. But licking is very natural for dogs. They learn it back when they are puppies, and their mother licks them to groom them and show affection. Once they learn to do it, they can copy that behavior for several reasons. You might just smell and taste good to them. You're a bit salty, and a proper dog admires an interesting taste. They might also do it to get your attention.
They're bored and want you to play with them, or at least just to acknowledge them. So they break into your personal space. If they lick a person, they see a reaction. People smile, laugh, say something, pet the dog. Even if a person is less affectionate and instead tries to make the dog go away, it's still attention, right? So they'll want more of it. If it's becoming a problem, the best way to make your dog stop is to not react in any way once they start. Just turn around or stand up and leave. Or, as soon as the licking stops, reward your dog. And soon enough, they'll understand that no kisses mean good. Ah, that puppy clearly wants something from you. Can you say no to it? Nope, not when it tilts its head and gets this cute. Dogs usually tilt their heads in the same direction every time. Just like there are right-handed and left-handed people, there are right-tilting and left-tilting dogs. Why do they do it? The research on that one is still ongoing. One possible explanation is that dogs must tilt their head when they pay close attention to you. It can be a way to adjust their ears to hear you better, or it can be linked to their vision. They try to see your face better. But one thing seems pretty legit. They do it all just for you. So, how cute is that?